Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Join me right now, Karen McClellan. She holds a master's in theology from the Franciscan University of Steubenville. And uh, I've known Karen for probably 20, maybe 25 years now. And uh, I know that she has practiced and explored the idea of liturgical living in her own home and has worked hard to build a Catholic family culture. And if you recall my conversation with Greg Popcheck, he said the most important factor in predicting whether children would be faithful Catholic adults was how the faith was practiced in the home and how the faith contributed to warm and close family relationships. Uh, we're going to talk about what can, you can do in your home uh, so your family can get the most out of Lent. And Karen, good to see you. Good to see you, Al. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Al, I'm, it's a delight to have you here and to share uh, what you know uh, about these Lenten ideas to share with people. So l- let's talk about uh, various ones, but take, p- pick it up where you want. Sure. You know, I think one of the things that I think is most valuable is that the faith, the season, the liturgical season that you're in is evident in your home. First, your Catholicism needs to be evident. There should be religious art. Um, there should be blessed candles. There should be holy water available. Um, you know, there should be chalking above the doors. That's an epiphany practice. So the faith should be visible on a daily basis. Um, and that's something to work up to. You know, you can ask for holy gifts, yeah. holy holy art for uh, for different holidays and things. So you can work up to that. I like to give those gifts for weddings, um, you mm-hmm. know, to begin that those yeah. collections. But I also think it helps to have the, the season represented in your home. And yeah. we all know what that looks like for Thanksgiving, for Christmas especially. Yeah. Yeah. Easter, we have some things. But we don't necessarily know maybe what that looks like for Lent. Yeah. Uh, so one thing we do is we make sure that we have purple tablecloths or table runners all the time, purple candles out. We have a purple cloth in our mantle. Um, you know, we have uh, a grapevine wreath that we put in the middle of our table and um, – it, so nope. what we yeah what we do with the grapevine wreath is we years ago we dyed some toothpicks and we put them in and um, <laughs> so it, it represents a crown of thorns and yeah. um, it so it's an opportunity for the kids to practice sacrifice we have a little bowl next to it and every time that they do something sacrificial they can remove a thorn oh. so they can relieve some of Christ's suffering through their sacrifice yeah and then on Easter morning um, we if there are any thorns left we take them out and we replace them with. Um, silk uh, dogwood blossoms. Nice. And we tell the story of the dogwood tree, you know, how the legend is that the dogwood tree was that which was used for the cross. And um, that the dogwood was so wounded by its participation in the passion that um, it would never again grow strong enough to be used like that, but it would always bear the marks of the passion on its flowers. Yeah. So we, we fill the grapevine wreath with those blossoms, and that's the centerpiece of our Easter table. That's great. So to kind of bring it full circle. So, But it's an easy practice. It's like adding straw or yarn to a little manger for Jesus during the Advent season. Yeah. It's like the Lenten version of yeah, that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of people do sacrifice beads okay. where you might have a bead that you put in a jar for every time they, uh, they the kid or parent, anyone makes a sacrifice. And then on Easter, you count all the beads and replace them with jelly beans. We just have a little <laughs> too much dental work and braces. You know, just we kind of we kind of didn't resonate with that early on. How about M and M's? No, I, there's something so Easter about jelly beans, but <laughs> right, it, it can right. just be a lot, it, and it's a lot of motivation for candy. So yeah, uh, yeah but it's a sweet thing. But uh, no pun. But you, know. you 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 also talk about a Lenten calendar. 
Exactly. What's that look like? I mean, what is a Lenten calendar? Well, there's a couple ways to do that. There's um, there are so many delightful um, people doing wonderful things on the internet, and there's, um, I mean, you can Google a Lenten calendar. There's an easy coloring page that is just a little path and a little bit of a cartoon Jesus. And my kids love to color that off to mark the days. Um, another thing we do is we print. We take a large uh, sheet of purple poster board, and there's a blog shower of roses. Oh, um, and she's just fabulous. I've been following her for, gosh, over a decade. And she has free printables online. Um, And so she helps you create a Lenten calendar and every day gives you a suggested headline for today, we're going to sacrifice this or pray for this or what have you. So it you print it out in a bunch of different eight and a half by 11 sheets and, and then put it together on a poster board. But it's a really big, it's the full size of a poster board and that lives on the wall of our house. And the kids love to mark it off. And then another website, Catholic All Year, she has free printables that um, that mark all the saints' days throughout Lent, or on non-feast days, it might be a, a cactus. On Fridays, she has little fish. And so for the kids to kind of be building that calendar yeah. visually as the year goes on, as the a season goes on, they really get a sense not only of how far they are, but they should they should have that kind of in their bones almost of, you know, oh, we're almost at St. Joseph. Oh, we're coming up on St. Patrick. Wow, St. Joseph is on a Friday this year. We can have meat. Yeah. You know, it helps them own that awareness. So it's not just always top-down parent yeah. teaching them things. That's fascinating. So. Um, and you... You're, I mean, you've tested this on your own kids. So, oh, years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've, a lot of these things we've just been doing for years and years. And, you know, it's odd. The first half of my family is at college. And uh, I just got a text from my son the other day with this, this um, you know, series of, of images of sad people walking around because he said, this is my first um, Mardi Gras with no king cake. Oh. And my king cake that I make has a cream cheese filling. It it's doesn't a great, ship. It's a great cake, too. It doesn't ship really well, you know, so I feel bad. But, but that's, that's the goal. You want them to feel when they're not living um, the, the liturgical year, the full Catholic year, you want them to feel an emptiness. There's something yeah. missing. And the goal would be ideally that, that, that they can't leave the faith because it'd be like leaving a part of themselves it, behind. Yes, very true. And you hear this in testimony stories of people returning uh, to the Catholic Church. Um, in many cases, you hear that they had an inexplicable hunger mm. for the Eucharist. Yeah. They, they weren't entirely clear on the theology of it or the right. sacramental issues involved in it, but they'd been away from the church for a long time, and then all of a sudden they have this hunger right. for the Eucharist. And so it's similar to what you're talking about here. Yeah. When something that's been part warp and woof of your family culture, uh, when it's absent, you don't like it. Right. You want to be right. back in that groove. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> Stations of the Cross. Uh, so most parishes will offer a Stations of the Cross devotion on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we try and go every every Friday. It's a little bit of a sacrifice. Um, it might not be what a lot of people want to do, and certainly a lot of people can't. They have got commitments and activities right. and whatnot. Right. But I just think it should be a time when we, as much as we're able to, we pull back on some of those, and we just make sure that the season is all about the faith. Yeah, you know, and you keep it pleasant. You keep it warm. Right. You keep embracing 
the kids through this whole thing. And I love what what um, Dr. Popchak says about that. Yeah. He always emphasizes the warmth, the warmth, yeah. the warmth. Yeah. And so it shouldn't be like, come on, kids, we're going to stations again. You know, um, right. Right. And, and as kids get older, they might be able to serve as candle bearers or, or to carry the cross and the procession. And um, my kids, when they're younger, they like to follow. And different churches have different practices. But my, my kids like to follow the cross around yeah. the church. And, um, and, and then just kind of having a period of, you know, it, it just brings about a quiet in you and your spirit. And you can kind of bring that home. And we have a little bit of an odd Lenten practice. Um, we're not a big media family. We don't have cable. Um, our Internet's never been all that good until fairly recently. Um, we still have a VHS player. <laughs> um, <laughs> so one of our Lenten things is unlimited screens so long as it's religious. Yeah. And my kids will eat everything up. They'll be scouring formed, looking for movies they can watch. They'll watch. We've done Father Michael Gately's The Second Greatest Story Ever Told ever since I think it came out. Um, we've done all the Bishop Barron series. My kids will watch anything. And that, too, becomes part of the story of our family mm-hmm. because because it's a screen they'll just sit glued to it, yeah. you know, and, and they'll go through everything. Can I watch this? Can I watch this? And so we might not watch stuff religious. I mean, not much. We might not watch religious things that much throughout the rest of the year. But, man, in Lent, it's just one thing after another. That's fascinating. You know? And it's yeah. fun because it's, you know, it's like flies to water. They just they, they, they really do hunger for it. They really do retain it Yeah. Um, because it's the only thing they're getting. Everything else is off. So this is the only game in town when it comes to a screen. And so they pay attention. 40 bags for 40 days is another. I've, what, do you, what is that? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, I mean, my gosh, you could find endless uh, versions of that online. Um, uh, the most simple thing is is um, part of your fasting or almsgiving is you're, you're giving stuff up. You're decluttering. You're getting rid of stuff. You're helping your children do things like that. But I think that there can be a spirit of anything like that. You can even find principles where you can, like, mark off days. Um, I think it's anything that embodies a spirit of taking something on, of simplifying your life, of making room for God by getting rid of whatever Mm -hmm. you need to get rid of. You know, one thing um, my daughter and I talked about doing this year, and I I don't even recall where I saw this, but um, you use just kind of a ball canning jar and popsicle sticks, and you write 40 things on this. And we all... Wait, wait, tell me that again. What was that? So it's popsicle sticks in a ball canning jar. And you okay. write 40 different things on it. but So that's what my daughter and I will be working on today and tomorrow's our, our 40 things. Because we all have things that we should get around to that we don't necessarily want to. Um, and that can be anything. I mean, I've mm-hmm. got a broken arm on my Ikea sofa. That's just a hassle to, to get it replaced. <laughs> but it's probably only a two-hour hassle. Right. But it never gets to the top of yep. the food chain. Yep. So things like that that, um, that we can and, – and those aren't spiritual – but they will give me peace, yes. and they'll bring peace to my home. Yep. They'll bless my family. I have a broken kitchen faucet that we've been kind of managing mm. with since August. It's it's just a lot of time on hold to get that fixed. Yeah. But I can do it. So so yeah, my daughter restoration. Right. Yeah. Right. So my daughter Katie and I are each coming up with our own lists of forty things that we will do, and it could be read that short book. Like Father Jacques Philippe has so many short books. Yeah. Or yeah. or and. You know, maybe you maybe it's you know, mom, clean the the kitchen and I, and I do it for two hours and I put it back in. I don't know. Um, we're going to be kind with ourselves in approaching it. Yeah. But um, it's an aspirational way. I mean, the goal in arriving at Easter is that we look more like Christ. I feel like I will look more like Christ if, in part, I am more peaceful. Yeah. And getting rid of things and taking on things that are a nuisance, I know will contribute to the peace in my home. Yeah. Very good. Um, 
Now, <clears throat> do do you ever worry about I? Well, things you you run out of steam before forty days is over. Yeah, well, we always do, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, and that's why for us having the leaving the the. Um, the grapevine wreath, the crown of thorns in the middle of our table. There's always some family member who's going to be like, oh, wait, I didn't take out. And then we're all like, oh, right. right, we should all. But having that big calendar on our wall is really helpful because it's just a very prominent visual reminder. The purple tablecloths, the purple candles, it's everywhere in our home. And then come later in the season. So Passion Tide is the Sunday before Palm okay. Sunday. And there's a an older tradition in the church. Sorry. Yeah, we'll come back. I got a break coming. Okay, sure. We'll yeah. come back, pick it up, and okay. uh, carry on the conversation. My guest, Karen McClellan, uh, again talking over liturgical living, building a Catholic family culture. She has a, a whole host of Lenten activities that sound fun for families, and uh, we'll have it available for you, of course, in the uh, guest archive. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Uh, Karen McClellan with me. <clears throat> We've been talking about how we can help our kids understand the meaning of this liturgical season. And Karen has brought lots of ideas for activities, and, and she's also brought a bunch of books. So <laughs> uh, why don't you share some of these books? Sure, yeah. So one of the first ones I'd like to share is by um, David Geiser. With uh, I'm sorry. we At the break, we were talking about Passion Tide. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. so fish, that was my fault. Uh, oh, okay, sure. that up. Yeah, so just very <clears throat> briefly, Passion Tide is the Sunday before Palm Sunday, and uh, the tradition in churches historically has been that the, all the statues and religious art will be shrouded with purple cloths. And it's really striking when you go into a church and everything is covered. You know, it's just it something's different, yep. and it's very. It makes it very solemn. So we do that in our own home as well. We yeah. just and the kids. We come home from mass, and they run around and they cover everything with a cloth, and it it changes the tone in the home. Um, and so it, you know, you're getting ready. It's yeah. coming, and then next week is Palm Sunday. There's a beautiful tradition that I read about from Maria von Trapp when she lived in Austria. Mm-hmm. Um, they would bring the palms home and then process around their property, and they would leave palms. They would fashion crosses, and they would leave one in their orchard and with their sheep. And so we leave them with our chickens and in our orchard and our <laughs> garden, and we process around our home, and we put a cross above every bedroom door, and we bless the home, um, and we weave palm crosses and. Um, I found a very sweet video online of a very old nun weaving a crown of thorns with palms. Really beautiful. Wow. So the internet is a can be a really neat yeah. source of traditions. Yeah. Um, so, but the books. Yeah, um, talk to me about the books. Yeah, there are so many, and and um, I love that Catholics are making books that are just beautiful. They're they they are full of of beauty and truth and goodness. Um, so one of them here is Scott Hahn's The Lenten Cookbook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, growing up, honestly, there was a lot of really good food on Fridays. Um, my husband had a lot of um, simpler meals on Fridays. I, I would like to try and get to the simpler meals, but, man, isn't it tempting to pull out that great recipe? Mm-hmm. I think this has a lot, of, um, a lot of both and. So it's got, you know, your hot cross buns, but it's got some nice quiche or it's got fish um, and, and beautiful stories and stories in, of saints. And, and beautiful um, pictures. Beautiful pictures, wow. great recipes, and, and just little reflections, you know, wisdom of the saints, quotes from the saints. It's just a really book, a really beautiful book. So, you know, it's, it's 
it's kind of a, a coffee table book, but it also, you know, if you're fasting from things, it has substitutions and um, it's just it's just beautiful. Um, you know, essays by Scott Hahn within a cookbook. You don't get that every day. <laughs> you know, um, that's a Lenten cookbook, and Sophia publishes it. Uh, yes, sir. Okay, yeah, Sophia. Yeah. Um, and then the next one is by Tan. Uh, Father William Saunders. It's celebrating a holy Catholic Easter, and the title could be misleading because the subtitle, A Guide to the Customs and Devotions of Lent and the Seasons Season of Christ's Resurrection. Um, again, it's another beautiful book, beautiful essays, beautiful artwork, um, prayers, but a lot of the history, a lot of the why, and I think that that's what's lacking. I think we are still recovering from um, poor catechesis. Um, and so I think that this is a little bit of a throwback yeah. in, in giving us some of the why to Very things. Very good, yeah. Um, there's another book, Kendra Tierney, Catholic All Year. This is just a year-round resource. She gives great why to everything. And she also has a companion book with all the prayers for the season. So that's really good. That that goes through the whole year? This is the whole year. Okay. Yeah. But again, uh, the why, a lot of the stories, um, uh, suggestions, recipes, um, just yeah, just chock full. She's got a great website, Catholic All Year okay. is her website. Brand new, brand new, um, Through the Year with Tommy DePaola uh, by Magnificat and Ignatius. Mm. And they take Tommy DePaola's artwork and they've made a whole liturgical year book out of it. Um, it's just delightful. It's, wow. you know, obviously it's not every single day of the year, but it's a delightful read, accessible to children, to adults, um, for anybody who's already a fan of his and his Catholic art and Catholic books. This is just, um, you know, it's published after he died, and it's just a treasure. Well, how do we get this list of people? Can we put them on? Uh, yeah, Nicholas, I, put them in the, the, the guest archives? or Yeah, I will so, give Bryant uh, okay. all the books here, yeah. all the list of books. And we'll have them available in the bookstore as well. Absolutely. So people can get yep, them. Yep, I'll send Brian the links for all the books. Well, let me thank you, Karen, once again Absolutely, for joining yeah. us. And uh, this, I uh, I think that if you can sustain it, I think a podcast would be a good idea. <laughs> we'll see. I think, we'll see what, I think, we'll see people, I think people would respond well to it. So, well, thank you so much. Okay, thank you so yeah. much, Al. God bless you. Happy Karen, Fat Tuesday. Karen McClellan. And uh, and we'll follow up information too in the Cresta Guest Archives. Uh, her ideas, activities, the books that she recommended uh, will be there for you as well.